1: Boys. come on boys the boys are back and it is time you know it's the end of the month and actually it's it's a memorial day holiday as this is getting released so hopefully everyone had a great long weekend uh, if you're listening to this on a tuesday if you're listening to it on monday kick back relax and it's time for another q a episode as has become I, I announced this you know back in March. Through the entire offseason, I was going to have on a new bonehead to answer questions for these Q&A shows. And now I I think it is time is the man, the myth, the legend. He is one of the hashtag live show gang members. He's my dad's favorite participant in the live shows. And I mean, low key, I think he's the most underrated guy on email Twitter. That is the man, the myth, the legend, the good chef, Andre Napier, chef. Welcome to the show. How's your Memorial Day weekend been going so far? And just how are you doing on this Sunday afternoon?
0: Oh, dude, it's been wonderful. You know, Memorial Day kicking off, poolside weather finally turned. We've had a monsoon recently in Ohio, but you know, weather's good, awful work, get an extra day. And you know, we're ready to talk some cats. Let's go. Yeah,
1: we, we got cats, we got some fun off topic questions. I have a few questions. Uh, to ask you first, because again, you know, I, I want the boneheads to get to know one of the finest amongst the gang. Uh, first off, how did you become a K State fan? You're up in Ohio. Do you have roots in Kansas? How did that all work?
0: Yeah, I think I think that got asked like early, later in the the uh, the questions. Um,
1: well, sorry, did you to, ever ask that? If oh uh,
0: no, it's fine. We'll we'll get to that person. But my backstory, basically, um, I'm an Army brat, so. Fort Riley, right down the road. Um, I spent my, my adolescent years there. So basically from newborn to 10 years old, I was in Kansas and that was, I'm a nineties baby. So early 2000s, we were kicking off late nineties. I was, I was right there, right when his pop popping. Bill had us going and, you know, I became a fan and no matter where I moved to, it's always, it's always been the cats and Ohio doesn't change any of that. So I'm going to be repping the Cats, and I got roots out there.
1: I love it. How did
0: you find Bosco's boys? You know, a lot
1: of it – so the core listenership, at least very early on, are folks that Grant and I knew from, uh, you know, high school, college, folks on Twitter. uh, You know, you started popping up into the lexicon, you know, early on. But how did you find the show?
0: I mean, it was probably an episode and a half after the Kentucky game. And I mean, we were in the tournament, we were doing our thing. We just beat Kentucky. So I'm like, dude, I got to get more cats in my life. I'm walking every day as a mailman. And I was, I basically just kind of started and I'm walking. So I'm like, dude, I'm bored. I got to listen to some cat stuff. And you know, we got some other sites. You got the Go Power Catch. You got the KSO. They were kind of lacking on their podcast game. And then one day I'm going through there and you got the short side option and you got the Bosco's boys. I'm like, let's check it out. And, you know, you hear Scott Wildcat and you hear Grant. You, you're attracted to that. You get in there. You guys are enthusiastic. So I, I instantly became a fan. So I jumped in there. You guys are I mean, early on, you were still kind of getting engagement from your fans. So you wanted to hear from us. And I like that. So I'm going to get in there and talk. And if you talk, I talk back. So I like it. That's where the Bosses boys came into play.
1: I absolutely love it. And then final one, do you have like a favorite episode, whether it's an interview one, if it's an episode after a big win, is there one that stuck sticks out? And it's like, hey, yeah, I, I, I th- this is an all-time favorite.
0: And I'm going to be honest. 'm I'm, I'm different than most people. I like I like hearing people's rawness. I like hearing people's their true colors and you guys were dead honest when Bill was going down. and when it was the final days of there are it, some folks who still fucking hate me for that. Oh I mean I, and I'm not I'm not I, Bill's a legend and he'll always be a legend. no matter how you cut it, he'll always be a legend. But it when you bring brutal honesty, and I appreciate that. So when I heard that, I was like, he's not wrong. Grant's not wrong. I want to hear more of this. And that's real stuff. Going against the grain, no matter what, I want to hear that. And that was probably one of my favorite all timers, just because, you know, we were all in it together. Bill's going down. We we got we to gotta look in the mirror and be like, yes, this is the time. And you guys were telling it how it is. And that was one of my favorite moments for sure. I love it. I love it. We're going to get
1: into the show, but before we do, sponsor. Chef knows them. Chef loves them. It is ColorCast. We are going to be going live Wednesday the 1st. So we're kicking off June, going live 7 p.m. in the Central Time Zone, 8 p.m. over in the Eastern Time Zone. We got people in the mountain. We got people... You know, in the Pacific time zone. It is a worldwide affair on ColorCast, 7 p.m. Central time zone. Not sure what we're going to talk about uh, that episode. Uh, I'm sure something will, I'm betting something will pop off between now and Wednesday. We'll have plenty of topics. Just so everyone knows, there will be no live show on the 8th, but I have a special show that will drop in the RSS feed on June 8th. And there's also going to be a pretty fun one with chuck lily dropping on june 6th so i'm taking care of you guys even if we aren't gonna have a live show on the 8th but june 1st 7 p.m god's time zone we'll be going live let's get into it with zach Lewallin. L- man we're oh, back to man. it i'm not always i'm not always confident with my pronunciations we're starting off with a hot hot one what is the best chip out there and why
0: Oh my gosh, that is such a difficult question. I mean, the array of chips that you can choose from. I mean, I'm a spicy boy myself. So, uh, Doritos had a flaming hot barbecue, uh, flaming hot buffalo wing chip. I don't know if they even make that anymore, but that thing was insane. I love that chip. You know, that that was probably my number one. It burned the roof of your mouth completely singed you for the rest of the day you couldn't taste anything but when in the moment that's probably one of the best chips out there
1: i i like a lot of the spicy chips i like the dorito spicy nacho but mm. my all-time favorite chip i think is going to be the cheddar and sour cream ruffle you know i, mm-hmm. I like just super bold flavor you know yes. you're not gonna be making out with any hotties afterwards <laughs> but it is a tasty chip that's the, the one I, that's the one i go with
0: the flavors getting them grooves and you're right there baby oh
1: yes oh yes (laughs) they also have like a cheddar and sour cream just lays one just does not hit the same you need the ruffles Thin, too thin yes yes (laughs) i I agree with you there this is a good one from callie mike another well we go callie callie mike and then to coley dub so two of your fellow live show staples callie mike asks you what is the great chef andre napier's signature tailgating dish
0: man you know i I would have to say it's probably always got to be barbecue no matter what you do barbecue is kind of the go-to staple but when i want to put my like little chef's signature on it i'm going pork belly dude you cut that pork belly and then you slow roast them bad boys you get a nice juicy pork belly with some glaze on it barbecue glaze on it throw those in a in a smoker for a while oh my god God, it's that's the bomb. Pork belly, just a big piece of bacon in your mouth. Let's go.
1: Anytime I go to a place that has pork belly on the menu, whether it's a barbecue place or if it's just like, oh, it's like an appetizer at a restaurant. It's like, I have to get it. I have to. (laughs) So I love that. I love that. All right. We're going to Coley Dub. What is the we're kind of like heavy in the food to start off. What is the most overrated and underrated type of potato dish cider snack?
0: I saw this one and shout out to Coley Dub. You know, that's a, that's a hard hitter and it's on brand. You know, I, I go by chef on Twitter. So I'm a- like, right, time, out, time out. What were, were you a chef? Of, like you were a legitimate chef at one point. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was. And you know, I don't know if that, I think that might've got brought up and that might be a history kind of thing. My backstory, but uh, the chef comes from because I was actually a chef and I was pursuing that and I was heavy into the, the culinary industry but when you when you start having those babies and you know my wife needs help so we're staying out till three morning cooking close restaurants that's not not where I need to be and she wasn't having it so you know put down the back burner got a government job but to get to the question overrated potato dish and i'm i'm probably going to upset some people this might be on level with bill snyder hash browns are kind of gross dude that's trash that is a trash potato dish. oh my Actually, i'm i'm this is really gonna make people mad the best hash brown is gonna be from a fast food restaurant where it's deep fried a flat top hash brown raw potato basically in the middle of crispy potato garbage absolute garbage i disagree but that's fine what what is the most underrated (laughs)
1: potato then
0: underrated you know potato salad is underrated cold potatoes like not cooked raw but like i mean just a nice cold creamy potato salad and that takes on so many different levels because you can switch the flavor profile so many different ways most people like bacon cheddar put that in there with some chives you're gonna have a all-time side dish to go with basically anything so i'm going potato salad let's go yeah i i,
1: I have only recently come around the potato salad like within the last five years mm. uh, there's uh you know especially at some of the barbecue restaurants i'm not a big baked beans guy so when you're having to choose the sides if there's potato salad on there i'm starting <laughs> to choose that but i think the most overrated are tater tots i think the world's best tater tot <laughs> Is not better than like a C minus French fry.
0: Yeah, and like, I think you're right because that's where I'm going because that's basically a hash brown from a restaurant, like a breakfast breakfast fast food place. See, I that's see, a small hash brown. I, I disagree
1: because usually if you're like at a diner getting hash browns, maybe this says something about the hash browns. Like I'm getting like an easy over egg and I'm mixing it with the yolk and like maybe some like sausage gravy so it's like oh, it's just man. almost more like a receptacle to like kind of mop up all the like goodness from a diner breakfast so you might be on to something there because um, I'm a biscuit if I'm sopping if I'm sopping up something give me a biscuit baby now see I'm not a big biscuit guy like I I would like even prefer prefer like a piece of like sourdough toast over a biscuit unless it's man, biscuits you- and gravy
0: yeah. We're, we're splitting hairs yeah. baby this is a culinary I, podcast now <laughs> i know and then
1: i think underrated no it's underrated i think a great potato soup is the best soup in the world so yes. and maybe maybe that's not underrated but you just don't hear it talked about a lot just like a great like potato soup, whether it's like potato and leek or a baked potato or I, like claim the, the potato is where it's at
0: yeah, and I think the reason why it gets such a bad rap is because it's a 50% of the year kind of soup. You know, people think... Yeah. Can't, can't only, be having that in summer. Yeah, a summer a summer potato <laughs> soup right when it's 12, 1,200 degrees outside. Nobody wants a potato soup.
1: <laughs> that's, that's probably true. That, that's probably true. Um, we're going to get into... Uh, oh, man. All right, here we go. Derek oh Lynn what sport will win the first national championship in school history? I've said this, and this has been asked a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think the only answer is men's basketball. I think that's the only one we're truly capable of winning it in, because if you look at the non like revenue sports, you know, basically everything except for football and basketball, we don't spend enough on the coaches. We don't spend enough in the recruiting and then, for better or worse, we're not in an area where you can recruit that type of stuff. You you see it year in, year out with softball and baseball, even though we don't have a softball team. Teams north of like Texas, they don't really do very well. You know, volleyball, you know, we're we're not spending like, you know, Nebraska does. We're not spending like all these big 10 Texas teams do. You know, you're just not doing that. Women's soccer, no chance. Track and field, You know, we can finish, you know, top third of the Big 12, but when's the last time we truly contended?
0: As a team, yeah, yeah, it's going to be hard.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so, I and it's not going to be football. As much as I love Chris Kleiman and as much as I love K-State football, we we had our chances. But I don't think we're ever going to get a shot again. And then it ultimately just comes down to men's basketball. All you need is five to seven studs and a good coach, and it can happen you know? So I I think that's really the only answer. Is there any other sport you could even conceivably see it happen?
0: I completely agree with you that men's basketball, um, the women's, the women's dynamic is just so overrun top heavy that there's no way you can basically crack into that now. Um, And like you said, regionally, I think um, what you said was correct. Um, We don't have the funding for those non-revenue sports, but if we did, I think this question comes up later what sport would like if you actually had a sport where you can build it around our culture. Let, let's get there in a second because I think yeah, there yeah. is a
1: good answer coming there. Exactly. And I, and I actually think, I, I know where I think you're going. I'm actually, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, Derek Lynn but it's has like,
0: basketball for sure.
1: Yes. Derek Lynn has another one favorite team ideas. If an NBA team ever comes to Kansas city. So you don't really have any allegiance to Kansas City. Do you have an NBA squad? Are you rolling? With, I like, don't have calves? an NBA
0: squad. And and similar to a lot of people that I know that um, that moved around a lot, it's, it's kind of you just follow the players. And I was a team LeBron guy. Um, so I, I kind of like the I don't really care for the Lakers all that much, but um, I, I root for individual players. But to the question, a team, a basketball team in Kansas City, I know I saw a lot on Twitter this past week of going back and forth of what people wanted and stuff, hockey, basketball, Um, a team name. I tried to even think of like the history of like what Kansas City is all about. But I think it all comes down to like if you actually had a team in Kansas City, I think the number one rivalry would go to the Thunder. So Oklahoma City versus Kansas City. Why not the Tornadoes? That would be a good, like, storm classic. The Kansas City Tornadoes versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that would be cool. That that, that could
1: be cool. That could be cool. I'm I'm firmly Team NBA if we were going to get one. I don't think we're getting either one here in Kansas City, so I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. But if, if we got an NBA team, what I would want to do is I would want it to be the Kansas City Scouts. So that was the name of the NHL team. Uh, but it's it's about the, the scout uh, statue. Now it's a Native American riding a horse. Um, oh. Can that be a logo in <laughs> for an expansion team in the 2020s? I don't know. I don't You're getting know. Close. You're pushing it, buddy. I know. I know. I but but it's it, if you go back and look at the logo for the hockey sweater, it is an elite logo. I like the the uh, color scheme: blue, like royal blue, red, and yellow. I yellow. think that would be cool. Um, if that's not going to happen, then you know I don't know. The the Kansas City.
0: What's the what's the what's know. Kansas City's nickname? Is it is it the Gateway City or is well, that... it the Fountain City? So I mean, oh, Fountain City that would be kind of lame. So yeah, I mean,
1: well, it, I like the Royals like City Connect jerseys there about, but we used to have the Kansas City Kings. That works out good, but you know Sacramento you is already a country, have a so... King. <laughs> I know. I, well, that's where they went. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I would like the Kansas City Scouts, even though
0: I, I know that logo would not
1: work, but it is what it is.
0: What was to, um wasn't the Negro Leagues team? The Monarchs. But, and I think that would kind of play cool with like the Royals and you would have the Monarchs. And I think the Sacramento team used to be called the monarch or that's the WNBA team is the monarch
1: yeah. Well, but I mean, so, it, you know. So that
0: might be a little
1: hairy because the independent baseball team is now the Kansas City oh,
0: So See, there's layers to this. I'm not ready for
1: it. Lot, lots of layers. If we ever get a team, I will be willing to go a little bit deeper into it. Uh, the Coffee Fiend, Nick chiming in with the next three, chocolate or white milk? I'm team chocolate milk.
0: I'm I'm team chocolate as well. Maybe even a little strawberry. Give me a pink cow.
1: Now, no on strawberry milk. Uh, all right. And I don't drink milk hardly at all. Like growing up, we drink milk all the time. But if you're getting milk, are you skim 1%, 2% or whole?
0: Oh, I'm a I'm a vitamin D whole milk kind of guy. Give me that whole ice cream milk. It's just melted ice cream. I'm yeah, like, I, I can't do it. Like if I am going to, if if I were ever like, all right, I
1: need a glass of cold milk, I would get skim milk. Ooh, I that's water. <laughs> Nick Nick then asks, why is Chef Andre Napier, why does he think he's the greatest podcast question asker? I mean, I still haven't seen any trophies or accolades to back up the resume. You want to go to bat for your self-proclaimed best podcast question asker.
0: You know, I don't know if you heard my eyes rolling that that entire time when that question got asked, but I got you guys throttled me a, a couple of weeks before that. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go to bat for myself. You know, the resume speaks for itself. I I got the trophies in the back. If you guys could see the zoom right now. But yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to go at the haters. I love you, boy.
1: I love it. All right. Nick then asked, this is, so this, uh, he asked this question for the mom pod, but what's your favorite place to get a cup of coffee? Do you do any creamer, sugar, honey, et cetera, in your coffee, or do you brew at home? And if so, what, what
0: method? You know, that's just too much for me. I'm not really that much of a coffee guy. Sorry, Nick. I know that hurts. Um, if I were to get into coffee, cold brew would kind of be kind of a cool thing to do, you know, like, i hear you guys talking about it all the time just it putting it the- super easy it's super, super easy, easy. Yeah. i heard that too but you know i don't drink that much coffee to be honest with you so uh but i have uh visited uh, before. so <laughs> yeah. well I, I i love it
1: I, and i'm all about cold brew right now so uh elvis ema ask or ema elvis mm-hmm. uh If if we thought Matthew Meyer will be following to K State, he committed somewhere else. I don't even know where he went, but it's yeah. I think
0: I think he followed the money, didn't he? I mean, I don't know where he. I mean, see, and he's he's the guy from Baylor, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Where'd he end up?
0: I was it North Carolina?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know,
1: but he's not coming here.
0: Not coming to K State.
1: Uh, Zach Lou Allen asked, "Who should uh, take the open locked on network?" locked on k-state podcast role so locked on is a is a fun little podcast network they have a ton of stuff i didn't know i don't think they ever had one so i don't know if it's a uh an open role i think maybe they just have never filled it um who would you like to see from the k-state twitter world get into the podcast space and do the locked on k-state podcast
0: and i know i hate i don't want to bring down the Aggieville Cats at all because I think their their brand is I mean right where they want it to be but I mean Locked On is kind of like a big podcast network and if they were to ever just like the Aggieville cats sponsored by Locked On or whatever I mean those dudes are putting out numbers and I I like their podcast and I would I'd love to hear them spread their voice farther
1: yeah they're my favorite K-State podcast to listen to uh, ace and connor do a lot of great work eventually they, they better bring me on they're my podcasting <laughs> sons i feel like i you know I, I helped mentor them through their early days and i would like to think they'd eventually bring me on but whatever i mean if they want, me to, be absentee, if they want me to be an absentee father then so be it so <laughs> and speaking of that ace edwards yep. gets into the game he has three
0: questions
1: so first one is who ends up as the leading receiver for the Wildcats this
0: year? Mm. Yardage-wise, I think just because of big play ability, I think it's going to be Malik Knowles. Um, a, a sneaky pick could be Cade Warner. And I i I would be not telling the truth if I don't think it could be Cade Warner because he's going to be the third down option basically every time if it's of seven yards or deeper, I think. Um, and I think he's going to be a guy that uh, Adrian relies on a lot. Of, and he's basically the wide receivers coach next to the Thad Ward. So I'm, I'm going to go Malik, but sneaky pick Cade Warner. I might have stepped on your toes. but no. Uh, so I, I think
1: that Cade Warner will be the leading in receptions. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is a good call. Um, but I wanted to pull this up. So I – my initial reaction was going to be Deuce Vaughn actually. But then I thought to myself, well, was he even the leading receiver last year? And he wasn't, it, it was Philip Brooks with 543 yards. So hey. I'm actually, uh, but Malik hardly play played at mm-hmm. 441. All
0: right, yeah, I, I mean, he's a, he's a big play guy. And, and Adrian, on that last uh, three-mile podcast, shout out to three-mile podcast with Derek Young. Um, he he said philip brooks is probably his go-to receiver as of right now
1: yeah so after looking at it i'm going to say because deuce led in receptions with 49 i'm going to say philip brooks ends up leading the team in receptions with over 50 malik knowles has over 600 receiving yards he's the leading receiver uh Deuce Vaughn's going to be number three and Cade Warner will be number four. Sammy Wheeler, number five.
0: Mm, that is, that's a deep shot. There right. we go. I, I, you got it set in stone. Someone, <laughs> someone save that tweet at me after
1: the bowl game and let me know if I was right. Um, all right. If you could pick one team in sport to swap the head coaches with in the big 12, who are you picking? I think this is football. No,
0: oh, and sport, and sport. It can be anything. And sport, man. We haven't seen enough from Jerome Tang, so I'm going to keep Jerome Tang. But if I was to get rid of Chris Kleiman, man, in the Big 12, you got to swap. I would take um, – my God, I'm blanking on his name. What's Baylor's head coach? Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda. I'm taking Dave Aranda. He's kind of, like, similar in that hard-nosed fashion kind of guy. No, no B.S., um, the media, he, he's really good with that. And he puts together a defense that's stout. And he, I think he could, obviously, he would be an upgrade, in my opinion, of head coach.
1: Yeah, see, I'm I'm not quite there yet. I mean, Dave Miranda had a great year last year. I, I kind of want to see what he does this upcoming year because I think he only won two games his very first year.
0: Yeah, and I, I think he took over a pretty normal, team and i think if i'm my recollections right you kind of pick baylor as the favorite this year yeah yeah yeah. no i
1: i i (laughs) i if they if they like win another big 12 title then yes i think that's easy but the the easiest answer to this and it's without a doubt and i don't care how good jerome tang is i would 100 without hesitation take bill self no questions asked. Immediately. Whoa, oh my gosh! Dude, I
0: mean, I'm think about
1: current state of college incredible. basketball with all the recent retirements. Who is a better coach than Bill Self? As much as I hate to say it, who is a better coach than Bill Self
0: right now? I Maybe mean, Scott I would, Drew. Maybe Scott, Scott Drew. That would be that would be my
1: guy. They, but I, I mean, but you're also then taking him away from KU, so then they have to go out and can they make a third straight elite hire? Like, because that, that, that's what they did. They they grabbed Roy Williams, mm-hmm. which was an elite hire. Then they grabbed Bill Self, which was an elite hire.
0: Can they do it a third straight time? Do you think – are you saying that the head coaches are bigger than the brand at KU? No, 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 no. But all it takes
1: is one bad coach, and, and not everyone's going to succeed. Look what happened Matt Doherty at North Carolina. Look what happened to the Indiana and UCLA brands. Yeah. Freaking! look at Texas and what Texas has been since they – football has been since they got rid of Mac Brown. They had, they've had, like, one good season. So, yeah, even the right. best brands can be shit if they get the wrong coach. So, I'm taking Bill Self and then hoping KU screws up the hire.
0: I, I like I like it only because it screws KU in the long run. But Bill Self, I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole. His, his coaching ability is elite, recruiting, questionable without some help. But, you know, it, with NIL now, you know, it's all legal now. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Uh, pick
1: one conference to erase from the earth alongside the teams in it.
0: Oh, Lord. I mean, SEC, right? Easy. I mean, we all hate them, so why not? Get them yeah. all on. Mizzou's gone. Alabama's gone. <laughs> am has oh, no. gone.
1: kentucky gone. <laughs> Arkansas, get the Ugh. fuck out of here, Arkansas. Big we'll, we'll suey <laughs> in the sun. You hate easy. their fans, boy. Easy. They are some, bi- there are some bi- people on the internet. <laughs> easy, easy, Arkansas. SEC. All right, uh, another culinary question, uh, from Elvis or ema Elvis. Cookie butter, yay or nay?
0: Yay, yay, never. It, it. It. never whoa, it. whoa, dude, you're missing out. Just mash up some. <laughs> just <mash them laughs> I mean, up. It's I assume it's just like too. cookie dough, right? Yeah, it's I cute. mean it's, it's cookies that are cooked and then like water basically milked down and then pushed through a tube. It's it's delicious, dude. It's delicious. It's not good for you at all. There's no there's no shortcutting that at all, but it's delicious.
1: Yeah, never had it in my life. Like Trader Joe's cookie butter, like that's what all the white bitches are obsessed with, right? <laughs> Oh man! I wish I wish. So I wish I put this out on YouTube just so everyone could have seen Chef's reaction to me saying, uh, "No, no, no! You can't say that on the internet." Oh, first off, I'm first off. I am just kidding. I know. First off, you know this show. This show is just to make the people laugh. We're We're just trying to have a good time. We're just trying to have a good time. We're just trying to be funny.
0: Let's go. Hopefully
1: people laughed at that. Hopefully no one (laughs) takes offense to it. I don't know. We got about 20 of these left. Remember, we're going live Wednesday, uh, June 1st on ColorCast, 7 p.m. Central Time Zone. If you take offense to me saying that, come on there and yell at me. Uh, Callie Mike comes in. Predict the overall impact to the future of K-State football with a commitment of Avery Johnson. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Everyone needs to be paying attention to what is going on at Oregon. If Oregon does not get, and I don't even remember the their their guy that they're going after. Ro-
0: Rosio or something like that. Well, they, yeah. they have a guy
1: who's supposed to be committing right before Avery Johnson shows up on campus. If he chooses another school, I am going to be
0: shitting myself absolutely I think, it's the, I think it's actually the day after he's june 18th avery's supposed to be there june 17th which is a weird weird dynamic because he's actually going to be on campus before that guy commits so it would be kind of more telling if avery doesn't make it there yes that's, i'm gonna read it yeah hope if he doesn't make campus to if he makes it to oregon's campus i'm basically chalking it up that that kid's not committing to oregon
1: yeah i and i think that's accurate and and i And if that happens, I'm not saying we don't have a chance. I'm just saying I I start getting nervous. I I think the worst thing that happened in this recruitment was Flores committing to Oklahoma State when he did. I think there was momentum to get Avery Johnson committed before May, and then that happened. Now, if Avery Johnson does commit, all of a sudden, I think you see kids want to gravitate to play with an elite 11-type quarterback. I think that gives you a real shot at these three, uh, you know, high three star, borderline four star wide receivers in Kansas City. I think that really gives you another little bit of juice with Dylan Edwards. I think guys like Joe Odding, all of a sudden, maybe they're not, they're saying, well, screw it. If Avery Johnson's staying, I don't need to go to Alabama. I don't need to go to Notre Dame. Maybe he stays as well. So I think the biggest, truly the biggest impact you can point to is I think it will really move the needle with some other recruits. I have no idea. And I'm not going to pretend to say like, oh, he's going to be a surefire all big 12 quarterback. Because I thought Jake Rubley was going to like be able to hit the ground running. Granted, he's had had some injury issues, didn't have a senior season. There's a lot of reasons why you could like point to and excuse why Jake Rubley isn't ready. But I don't know shit. I can't look at high school quarterback and tell people if they're going to be a big time big 12 quarterback. But I do think he would sway a lot of current recruits
0: Oh, recruiting wise his impact would be that like you said it would move the needle for the other kids in that metro area for in the state of Kansas whether his impact is immediate um, on the football field I don't know because I mean you look at his frame I mean it's still it's it's kind of crazy we've recruited him so long that it seems like it needs to happen now, but it's not even the summer of his going into his senior season. And he, I mean, I know this is the time where a, a lot of kids commit early-ish, but I mean, a lot of kids commit during their senior year. He's he's on the time frame for being early. Size-wise, I don't know if he's comparable to a Skylar Thompson when he was out of high school. I think Skylar was six foot two, 180. Avery six foot one, one, I mean six foot two, one seventy. Going into his senior year, when he gets on campus, let's say he's two hundred pounds. Is is he an immediate threat to a senior? I mean, a, a
1: no, it would be depending
0: depending yeah, on junior, Will Howard, junior, Will this, Howard yeah. or a three a, a three year veteran basically of uh, Rubley. I don't know, but I know what I do know is that the recruiting that he would bring for the hype for this recruiting class would be massive. Um, well, and
1: again it would be it would be the biggest recruiting win.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe I mean, you have to go back to Josh Freeman. Josh Even Freeman. Josh Freeman, it's like, yeah, he, he was a Nebraska commit. Like you know Arkansas swung in left. Notre Dame was in and out like Oregon. And again, I, I used to think okay like maybe they didn't have Avery Johnson as high on their list. After talking to a handful of folks and again you know not trying to pretend to be an insider or anything but i had it wrong like a lot of these schools decided to move on because they're like ah i don't think we can catch up with k-state i think oregon is really the only one currently in play that could rival us i think we're in front of notre dame i think we were so far out in front of Arkansas that it wasn't mattering and you know he he wasn't really feeling old miss so I I really think this would be the single greatest recruiting win maybe in K-State football history and then you could follow it up with a second one that would be so big with like Joe Audit so yeah I I just I just think it would be big so
0: that's a huge that would be a huge offensive line commit Dylan Edwards is kind of leaning toward playing where Avery wants to play so and and you got the wide receivers in the Kansas City metro, like you were talking about. Um, and I I brought this up on the color cast maybe three or four weeks ago. Oregon was the the threat for all three of those guys in the Kansas City area: Dylan Edwards, uh, Doss, and Avery Johnson. It's still on the table that that could happen. We don't know where Dylan Edwards' um, final visits are going to be, and don't be surprised if Kansas State's not one of them.
1: Yeah. 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 100%. All right, we got Bob Trollsby next. If you were Gene Taylor and you could add one non-revenue sport to each men's and women's, what would it be and why? Um, he knows my answer, but I, I think the route you were going was going to be in the mind of trying to get us a national championship.
0: Yeah, and I for a non-revenue sport that I would add, honestly, I think it would be wrestling. Men's wrestling would kind of be the lane that I would pick for Kansas, Kansas State to have. Huge wrestling background in the state of Kansas. Lots of heavyweights come out of there. And the Big 12, if you look at the Big 12 that have wrestling, it would be one of the greatest things you could ever imagine to poke at Iowa State. That that's their sport. We come in and win a natty in it. That would be, and and we could just get rid of Northern Iowa out of the Big Twelve. Get rid of the. I don't. I think the other one's Air Force in there. Missouri's also back. They won the Big Twelve.
1: We never should have let them back.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's that's wild because that was their first year back, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think adding Kansas State to the Big Twelve in wrestling would be shot at winning the natty. And I think that would be a really prolific sport at Kansas state for recruiting for sure. Yeah. So I actually,
1: I would add women's wrestling and go all in on Mm. that and try to get the uh, national title for that. Um, Because even with men's wrestling, I don't know if we could get there. I think maybe it would give us the best chance. But the, The thing I would add, like if I was like an overnight billionaire, I would choose men's hockey and I would then renovate Ahern and make that an on campus. And granted, it would cost probably $500 million to renovate Ahern Fieldhouse to make it like a hockey yeah. arena. But yeah. just the idea of that would be pretty freaking cool. And again, I don't have an NHL team. I think hockey is a super fun sport. So that's why I would choose that. But I agree. I think a lot of folks in Kansas would go nuts for a wrestling team. And I, I do I think, think it's good. wild that neither KU or K state have wrestling.
0: And I think a lot of kids come out of Kansas and go to an Oklahoma state, go to an Iowa state, go to an Iowa, go to um, like a, what's the other really dumb, Missouri. I mean, that a whole area right there is basically surrounding Kansas and you would keep a lot of those in-state kids. And I think it would be a, a hub in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: Get rid of the golf team. I mean, they're not. Oh no! Done.
0: Don't say that. I know. Say I know. That. <laughs> don't say that. That yeah. I think we missed that one. Uh, oh, oh
1: shoot! Yeah, hold on. How did I miss that? You went straight
0: to Cali,
1: but I—I oh, I got excited. I must have unfavored it. Hold on. So SLK. So first off, shout out to Steve for running the last trivia game. Uh, he's the best, and he also is a great. Uh, question asker so let's get to it he's asked this one a million times but i think this one's more for you what's your yeah. favorite album of all time because
0: I, yeah, really I know some music i yeah, say like songs about guy.
1: jane with maroon Five.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh my god but my favorite album of all time shout out to baller status cat another hip-hop head like me um my favorite album is um Forced Hill Drives by J Cole or For Your Eyes Only by J Cole. I mean, those two albums, especially For Your Eyes Only, that's like a a guy that just became a new father's kind of hip hop album. And that was that was my that was my album of 2017. That was a fire album, Absolutely incredible.
1: There you go. What would you pay out of your own pocket for Bosco to return as the official mascot? I'm gonna say this: if they did it right. They, they would have to do it right. Like yeah. no half-ass. Oh, here's Bosker. Like I'm, I'm talking about treating him like he's Uga or Reveille or, you know, blue from Butler, you know, uh, yeah. the Tennessee the dog, whatever. Yeah. I would probably pay
0: $10,000. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I would I'm love in, to see it. I'm in that same price range. And I think, like you said, they should, tr- if they treated it right, bring him out as a new, like a brand new puppy. This is Bosco swagged out in K State gear. Hell, bring him, bring him to that first road game versus Butler. Have him face oh. the Air Bulldog would be top notch. Bosco, the the Bosco Boy podcast would explode. Everybody would be looking at that. They would tag you in the post if Bosco came, dude. So
1: when uh, K State played uh, Mississippi State at home, they actually showed. Bosco, the dog on TV and the Twitter account. And then my personal Twitter account just blew up. Like I did did like the old picture. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll send you, I I think I still have like a screenshot from it, but yeah, it, it it absolutely blew up. So, (laughs) well, that, that might've been, but no, was that the first, yeah, that was the first year of the podcast. So yeah. That's awesome though. Yeah. The final one from him is what is your favorite weather for a football game in which you are not in
0: attendance? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Nothing's better than watching a snow game. It's not like good football, yeah, but I was gonna that's say that I'm watching watching super athletic people kind of being hampered down by the elements. Whether it's I know for a passing game, it's not very fun, but like a super windy, rainy day, it's kind of hilarious to watch just a smash mouth football game just running up the middle and can't throw it past five yards. I think that's hilarious to watch on TV, but my favorite is it, I mean, just a a snow game is just beautiful to watch, especially Ohio, because you get Ohio State, Michigan at the end of, at the end of November, and it's snowing, dude, it's a beautiful sight to see.
1: Yeah, honestly, I just, if I'm not there, I don't really care, you know, temperature (laughs) can control house, but I, I just love football, like, I'll, I'll watch, like, a stupid like Mac game, like on Tuesday night when it's like raining cats and dogs, I'll watch, you know, a week zero game where they're playing in like Florida and it's a million degrees. I don't care what the weather is. I
0: just love college football.
1: Uh, Bob Trollsby. You're right. Uh, Why did you move to Ohio? What's your life story? Just tell the folks your life story.
0: Yeah. I mean, military brat, I'll say it again. I mean, my, my parents chose good locations. I met, I had good friends my entire life, you know, and it was all kind of centered around athletics. So you had K-State always, always on me. Um, Virginia Tech fans, Virginia fans when I was in Virginia. Um, overseas, it was kind of fun to see out in Germany. And then when you get to Ohio, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that I I didn't rep the Scarlet and Gray for a, like a couple seasons. Um, especially when, I mean, I was just moving here in 03 and they were fresh off of Natty. Um, it was kind of buzzing around the city when I was 13. Um, and you know, it's, it's everywhere here in, in Ohio. So Scarlet and Gray is cool. But you know, when I wear the purple out here, it, it gives me a good feeling to have somebody come up and say, what, what is that logo? What is, what is that? Cause they're so accustomed to Northwestern as the purple team. So when when I, I get to say that's Kansas State, and I've got vanity plates uh, with KSU emall with with Ohio on it. So um, but, yeah, my life story is, is basically that, you know, uh, my beautiful wife, my lovely three daughters um, and got family here in Ohio, got some family all over the place. But, yeah, it's it's a good good life I've lived so far. you years strong. Yep. And and again, I, I should have done
1: a better job reading it, but Bob Trollsby also asked, what's stopping you from pursuing the dream uh full-time job of becoming executive chef at a Michelin Star restaurant? Kind of already talked about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, I, and nights I for a chef. It it's it's hell, really. I mean, it's hard work. You're up early, you're bed late, and you're you're constantly working, um, especially trying to run a restaurant. It's not the easiest thing in the world, even if you don't own it as a manager, as a chef, you know, it's, uh, it's hard work to keep people in line. And I know, I don't know Scott's secret day job, but I'm sure he has employees and he, people he works with and it's hard. And so when you have, when you have cooks that are, that don't show up to work or you're trying to try to do things like that, it's, it makes it hard. And you know, so I went the postal route (laughs) and now I'm, now I'm off at four 30 living the dream. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I know you get mad at me every time I
1: talk about uh, the bad postal service. Uh, no, 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 bones. no.
0: We've, we've got a, a rep we have to clean up. And you're not wrong, because I have to hear stories about the bad mailmen and the bad bad customer service, and we got to clean that up. But, you know, I'm if I was your mailman, I'll make sure you got it. I
1: will say this. They did a lot better with my Christmas cards, my drunk Christmas cards. In 2021 versus 2020. 2020, I think only like half of the hundred I sent out actually got to the recipients.
0: That's 2020 year.
1: Who knows how bad my handwriting was trying to, you know, get those names. So I might have to take a little bit of responsibility.
0: That 2020 year was insufferable trying to get people's mail to wherever it had to go. People shut down. We were wearing masks outside. It was oh it was gross trying to get that job done. Well, I still, think, I still
1: think you and your wife and your beautiful kids should move to Shawnee and be my mailman, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, this one is from Alex Brown, and then we get a lot of Powercat Ryan and KSU Railroad or live from the railroad to finish us off. But Alex Brown underscore six asks, what's the best sports talk show? For me, it's Pat McAfee show or Sikkim 365. I think that's their Twitter account. We'd we'll love to hear some others. So I'll say this, I am legitimately addicted to sports talk radio in podcasts, but Pat McAfee show, I know that's on Sirius, that's the only, only non-local uh, or the only national show I ever really listened to that's actually mm-hmm. a radio show. All the other yeah. radio I listen is like 810 and 610 here, some 1350, you know, uh, Mitch Fortner doing a great job out there. Um, and even then, it's via podcast. I don't listen to anything. Yeah. I don't have a serious subscription. I don't listen to the radio in my car. I'm downloading podcasts and like, so I can listen to it on 2x speed. You know, I can listen to the whole four hours of Seren Petro in like two hours, you know, uh, and actually less time because you don't even have the commercials. I can listen to the full four hours of Seren Petro on 810 in 90 minutes
0: that is insane double X speed. you're on another level listening like i can't the chipmunk voice that i i can't get i can't get over that um and th- those are all good i don't listen to a lot of sports talk radio we have 97 one the fan out here um i listen to keep up with like what's going on with the buckeyes and stuff like that just so i can make fun of everybody here if something goes down that's crazy but i listen to podcasts like you say um Talking Yanks, it's a John Boy Media company. They do a lot of um, baseball podcasts about mostly the Yankees, but they have talking baseball. So I catch up on what royal what the Royals are doing, what's going on through baseball because it's it's hard to keep up every day just reading about it. So I listen to that, um, and you know a lot of K State stuff. So okay. the podcast that's really good, um, and but they're if they were more consistent and uh, out like every day, that would be awesome. But, you know, I'm an everyday listener, so Bosco's is what I'm listening to.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, again, I, I, uh, I'll say this. I'll say this, and I, I usually have a very big almost monologue about this when we get closer to football season. But there are K-State podcasts out there, and, again, not every one of them is every week, uh, especially in the off season. But when football season kicks off, there is a good handful of them out there. So don't get mad at national media or the Kansas City media for not talking enough about K-State. Make sure you're listening to and supporting your local podcast uh, and and getting your Cats news that way. Because there are a lot of us out there, and there's even a lot more, and, and I need to do a better job about this. There's even some smaller shows out there that have started popping up that I'm going to try to get all together and make sure that before football season kicks off, Every single show that's talking about the cats on a regular basis, everyone knows about. Because, again, support your local podcast and listen to everything on 2X speed so it doesn't even matter how many of them come out every day. All right, now we're going to Power Cat Ryan. Which of the Big 12 was your favorite? The original 12, 2.0, which was uh, the original 12 minus Colorado, Nebraska, 3.0 minus a and Missouri plus TCU West Virginia. So the current one 4.0, which is going to be uh, all of us plus Houston, central Florida, BYU Cincinnati 5.0, which will be back to 12, getting rid of OU and UT or 6.0 plus four to get 16.
0: Oh, the original big 12. It's, it's the, it's the big 12. I mean, that's how I look at it. Um, Nebraska, that rivalry, if you could call it that, but I mean, beating them is like one of the best feelings, one of the best looks. And I think if if you could bring it back with current teams, how they're established right now, it would be fun as hell to finally get the upper hand and dog walk those guys.
1: Yeah, I, I, I told him this because we actually talked in the DMs. I actually think it's gotten progressively worse every single time. Like the big eight, I probably would have preferred would have preferred uh over any of them because uh I don't really care about playing the Texas schools like beating Texas is fun but I don't really care about Texas Tech I definitely don't care about Baylor uh I didn't really care that much about Texas A&M like I said beating Texas was always fun but eh, it is what it is I, I would have been fine with just the big eight then the new Big 12, yeah, that was fine. Everything's good. But you said it correctly. The, the teams I cared most about playing were the ones that started to leave. Nebraska, Missouri. It just kind of kept getting worse. And Nothing against West Virginia or TCU. But, you know, I, I it's not like the most fun to play. I, I would take back almost any combination of the schools that left. And, again, I'm looking forward to playing BYU. I'm looking forward to playing Cincinnati, central Florida, not really Houston, but whatever. I'll probably go to the first away football game for all those four schools. But again, that doesn't cancel out losing Oklahoma and for better or worse, Texas is a big part of our media deal. So I just think it's gotten consistently worse, but again, I I still prefer the situation we're in versus it completely blowing up and losing out on the chance of playing KU every year, getting the chance to play Iowa state every year. And then, hopefully we get to keep playing Oklahoma state every year, but at least we're still in the same conference with some of these guys that we've been in the same conference with since the forties.
0: And I think you're right. And then, and it got really dicey. And what could have been if it melted down completely, what, what, what could we have been playing out Uh, the mountain West? That would have been a real gross scenario, but I'm glad we've got the teams that we've got. So I would put that one second. What we have right now, um, just because for me personally, you get Cincinnati. And that gets me closer to what I really love. If I get a West Virginia and a Cincinnati, that if it's alternating schedules, I can get Cincinnati and West Virginia every other year. I could be watching Cats in person every year for basically cheap. Yeah. For and, and I And I hope that's the case for you. I hope
1: it works out like that. I will say I'm gonna miss the double round robin in basketball. I'm gonna miss round robin in football. Um, that that was a lot of fun with the ten team era.
0: Yeah, and it, it was. And I don't know what we're gonna do for basketball. Protected rivalries in football, I think, is what will happen. I I don't think divisions are gonna happen like you were talking about. You had a pretty good take on it. Um, from what Gene had told you, that might not that might not be the case, but um. If it goes divisions, if it goes protected rivalries, I'm hoping they, they pick the right teams and we get what the fans really want. For sure. Uh, Powercat Ryan asks, starting from time of recording,
1: so at 1.36 on May 29th, what will happen first? A Taylor Bratt cat signal or a Jerome Tang? it's a great day to be a Wildcat signal? What do you think happens?
0: Well, I think the,
1: the dead period
0: – just ended in basketball. I think it's actually tomorrow, isn't it? Monday. It, it, okay, if it ends tomorrow, I think shout out to KSO. We're gonna. I mean, I'll shout them out all the time. They're the um, best. Tell your
1: they, friends. They are the
0: best. Derek Young always, and Grant Flanders and Drew Constant. They're boneheads, in my opinion. Um, they they've got exciting news that it's down to two for a potential small four, big kind of guy. Um, and if we can. I, I think that would be the first commitment because football is still leaking out until I think June is going to be the big month. So I'm going to go, it's a great day to be a Wildcat. And I think it's going to be a former Hokie.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's correct. And, and I sure hope it is because I, we, we really do need to start filling in uh, the basketball roster. So I agree with you on that one. Um, Powercat Ryan, do you have favorite homes to deliver to? And then what can the boneheads do to make their delivery people feel appreciated?
0: This is a great question. Uh, Ryan, that is a elite question. Um, my favorite home, shout out to the ladies of the Grovewood Stoner home, 4301, Stoner Drive, Grove City, Ohio. They are all boneheads. Should, all, should we have, should you have said oh, that? I, they, they, they don't know what the internet is, but it's, <laughs> they they love kansas state because i love kansas state and i i i love those ladies and some gentlemen in that retirement home they're all beautiful souls um remind me of my grandma but to appreciate your mailman that is depends on what your mailman's doing because if you have a ride mailman you might not ever see him and that's fine um Leaving notes for your mailman, that is always appreciated. And if you have a walking route where a person is walking to your door on a hot day, a bottle of water never can ever be underappreciated. I will take a bottle of water from every single house on my route. I'll take 2,549 bottles of water every day if I have to.
1: Gotta stay hydrated. Gotta stay hydrated. Yeah. Power Cat Ryan again asks, if you could ask one question to each men's basketball staff member, what would you ask? Same question to all coaches. So that could take a full hour altogether. (laughs) but But let's just kind of sum it down to like you can either say the coach or staff member or it could be general. Just what is something you would ask this men's basketball coaching staff if you could get them on truth serum?
0: man i would really want to hear what their real take is on nil and what they think the kids are thinking when they come to a visit um i would i would ask i mean i don't know if he goes is it coach carpenter is it would he be considered coach carpenter i think he's like the
1: austin carpenter we can call him carpenter
0: yeah i would coach i would talk to coach carpenter he's by Jerome Tang's uh, assessment, he is the transfer portal guy, the king. So I would go with him and ask him what his, I I think he's identifying talent, but if he's communicating with these kids, I want to know what their take is because I'm not saying we got burned by Antoine Davis at all, but I think we kind of went in it, into it. I'm speaking for the coaches because I didn't have anything to do with it, but The coaches kind of went into it like it was a legit recruiting and he kind of went into it like this is a way to get paid. And I don't know if they were on the same communication and I would love to know what they thought about it after.
1: Yeah, I actually, we're going the exact same route. I would ask them, uh, the two questions I'd ask is tell me the entire Antoine Davis saga beginning to end from your guys' point of view, like just walk me through the entire recruitment. And I'd also say, from your guys' point of view, walk me through the Nigel Pack debacle. You know, there's a lot of rumors that were flying around about it. I mean, I've heard some stuff from some folks I trust, but if I'm getting the coaching staff under truth serum, I want to hear exactly what happened from their point of view with uh, Nigel Pack, uh, because I think there's been some wild stuff speculated. I've heard some stuff from folks that would make me believe a lot of it is true, but I'd love to hear those just Those two recruitments from their point of view, because yeah, I mean, I imagine. Well, I mean, hell, just from the fan point of view, you know, you have Davis getting set up with this, you know, Chinese basketball company that Jimmer Fordette is a part owner of. So, of course, like we all thought, okay, he's going to BYU and then he (laughs) swerves on them. So, again, like I got a little bit of pleasure out of BYU, kind of thinking it's in the back, like Jimmer Fordette was even tweeting about it, tweeting at him.
0: Oh. he, he, he broke the cardinal deal. rule don't tweet at players.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he it, it was just wild. So I would love to know, like, from the coach's point of view, because again, everything he said on tw- Twitter and allegedly said to the coaches is like we did everything perfect. So I, I mean, again, it's not a happy question to be asking them, but their point of view I of think, how that went down would be fascinating.
0: And I honestly think, with the whole not to get off topic, but the, the question asking to see what they do when it, when they get pressed on actual topics, because it's been sunshine and rainbows recently, but when the, the questions are going to start coming and I think I want to know what they do.
1: Yeah, no, I, it will be interesting to see what happens when the honeymoon period wears off. Uh, KSU railroader, what's your favorite movie or show currently on Netflix? What's the good chef currently watching?
0: Oh man. Um, good thing. This isn't a, a PG show because I just found out what Love, Death, and Robots is on Netflix. That is a dark, dark show, and I love it. I love it. That is my I'm, – I'm binging that as we speak.
1: Yeah, so I'm currently not really watching much on Netflix. I, I'm a Star Wars guy, so I just started watching Obi-Wan. Just today, the Obi-Wan, the first two episodes of Obi-Wan, so I'm all about that. Um. There's some like new stand-up comedy that just dropped on Netflix. that I'll probably watch uh, the next time I'll I get watch on Chris Stefano.
0: Sorry, Chris.
1: Oh yeah, shout out. That um, was a
0: bad stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tough.
1: I, I, I'm I'm staying away from that one. Um, trying to think. Uh, eventually, so I think the final season of Peaky Blinders is currently going on in England. Mm-hmm. So I think at some point, because it'll eventually come on Netflix after it's done airing live over in the UK. I'm probably going to watch from beginning to end Peaky Blinders to get ready for that final season here soon.
0: Those are those are the best things to go like just watch them straight through. Game of Thrones was like that. Oh, no yeah, that ended. You watch it from day one, the episode one, and you watch it all the way through. It is that makes you like reminisce, and it's it's great to binge a full show start to finish, knowing how yeah. how it begins.
1: It's it's the best. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, just not currently watching much on Netflix, but, you know, w- when the time comes, Peaky Blinders is going to be where it's at.
0: Um, oh, um, P- Paper Dragons on Netflix. It's a year old, but I just saw it. It was kind of going to be a really, really bad movie, but it was a it was a good martial arts movie. I like okay. Paper Dragons. I oh, feel like
1: I movie. actually did watch a movie recently on Netflix that wasn't bad, but obviously I can't remember it, so it couldn't have been that good uh power cat ryan we only have a handful left uh but this is a good one if you could have only one condiment until the end of time what would you choose extra points for uh, specificity specificity yeah for being
0: specificity
1: water burger Um, spicy ketchup cane sauce chick-fil-a sauce etc i'm telling you this right now whole grain spicy brown mustard that is what i'm doing like i like
0: i like that i like that a lot sandwiches
1: brats hot dogs uh, even like a, a steak sandwich, you could do that on. Put it on uh, a burger. Why not? But, oh, 100% on a burger. Yeah. Um, like you could even squirt that into like a little bit of tuna. Like you can go for a whole grain, spicy brown mustard easily. That is my choice.
0: Yeah. And if I don't know if this is eliminating, I mean, if, if it's only one condiment, that the thing about all those things that he puts on those, those cane sauces, those are like, that's just a, smorgasbord of every condiment you can think of in the world. So you're really not getting just one condiment. But if I had to do just one condiment, not like uh, a sauce from a restaurant, I'm just going mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is makes everything moist. I can now I can have grilled cheese. I like grilled cheese on. I like mayonnaise on the outside instead of butter. I'm a freak, but you know, whatever.
1: Hey, that, That's the chef in you. Anytime you're watching like Food Network's Instagram account, like Bobby Flay's doing like this crazy you know grilled cheese that's what he's using so it makes sense
0: yeah
1: um ksu railroader how much of a factor do you think nil is playing in the recruitment of avery johnson dylan edwards um this is what i'm gonna say i I think if k-state wasn't able to pay the going rate uh we you wouldn't be in any one of these recruitments if if we i i don't think we're we were going to be the highest bidder for avery johnson if he comes to k-state I would imagine possibly there were numbers being thrown out bigger elsewhere, but I think, especially in football, I think this is where football and basketball is going to differ because you're going to be at a place for multiple years in football. I think it's more about picking the right spot and not losing a ton of money versus just going straight highest bidder. At least that's my opinion of how it's going. I don't know if it's true or not, but. That's just kind of and,
0: my head. Yeah, and I, I'll go off of that. Um, I think it's going to be a big factor, but also you have to – I'm so I'm so lost in this NIL stuff because you'd listen to, like, players like Adrian Martinez, who's been through the NIL process. Um, he says it's not a big deal to him, but obviously he's been paid before. But I he – He laid it out, like, if you're not contributing, and I think a coach said this recently, too. If you're not contributing on the court, not a lot of people are going to want to pay you a ton of money. So we talked about how Avery Johnson, his immediate impact. We want him on campus so somebody will pay him. I think eventually they will pay him money. Whether how much, how much NIL he's going to get for a freshman quarterback that might end up being third string for two years, I don't know. Where's the money at in that? He's not a five-star guy that's going to start for a basketball program like North Carolina or a Kansas. That's, that's going to have his face plastered on every single thing around campus, in his, in his neighborhood, or whatever. I don't know how much money there is to have for that. Because a freshman football player, that's one of 25 in a class. How much money can some a freshman make like that? I just don't know. And especially at Kansas State, I just don't know. So it will it have an impact? I'm sure he'll get something. But I don't think realistically football players, especially freshmen, are going to be seeking out endless amounts of money to go to a program because I don't think it's going to be there. I think it's going to be the established guys like Deuce. Deuce is not, I mean, he might get under, he might get paid under the table by a booster or whatever. I don't know how that NIL worked, but he's out in public with his. He's got multiple deals and he's an all American and he's getting sponsored by Portageon John company. So what, what is Avery Johnson worth? I don't know. Yeah. So
1: that kind of goes into like what the whole fan debate and stuff that is kind of prompted out of the latest kind of stories about NIL, because if, if, if you're talking just NIL, the way it was meant to be, um, then no freshman was ever really going to get much money. But the difference yeah. is, is it, it isn't name, image, and likeness. It is pay for play. And yeah. I know, and I know this is going to piss off. There, there's a lo- large segment of folks out there. And I don't know how many of them are in bone he- headland or not, but I mean, th- this isn't getting paid for your name, image, and likeness. This is not the, even the free market taking its place. It's not because it, it is basically donors playing GM trying to get random folks and cause you're not getting paid what you're going to even contribute. It's more about just trying to win the rival's rankings. Um, yeah. And that's what it's turned into with, with football recruits. And then when it comes to high profile basketball transfers, I mean, it's like that too. They're not doing these commercials. They're not doing paid social media stuff. It truly is pay for play. And this is not what it was meant to be. And, and I'm tired of it. The genie's never going back in the bottle, but uh, that is what the NIL rules turned into. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have any time for like the next time Jay Billis starts running his mouth on Twitter about college athletes being taken advantage of, yada, yada. I I don't have time for that anymore because it's over. It's over. And and again, I've always, and this is going a different route than what the question was meant to be. I've always been a little bit more sympathetic uh, to those arguments when it comes to football, because there hasn't been, and even now there isn't really a viable route for you to play football that isn't the NFL and isn't college football, but basketball, the G League has been taking high school kids for like four years. Europe, Australia, all these international leagues have always been taking it. I, I've never had time for it. I, I think the NIL rules, the way it was supposed to be, was going to be fine. The way it's turned into really does put a damper on college sports.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's not, it's not the kid saying I'm sponsored by Duke's mayonnaise and I'm gonna, I'm gonna post on my Instagram about Duke's mayonnaise every four, every four posts. It's not that anymore. It's not a kid selling t-shirts with his brand name on it anymore. I mean, those still exist, but for the high caliber athletes, it is, I want to go where I'm going to get paid a hundred thousand dollars. And if I don't get that, I'm I'll go to somewhere else. And it, and I don't think that's name image and likeness mm-hmm. at the, that, that day is done. The, the, when, how we can get back to that, I'm not sure. I think there I don't think we can. I think there's a way that we can regulate it, but it's going to it's going to take so much more time and so much more um, casualties of war if you if I could put that term on it. By players getting taken advantage of and when the taxes come back, when people are going to have to do their taxes, I think it's going to get real squirreling. Cuz Nigel Pack is getting paid $800,000 for two years. And I think some of the stuff that goes down in Miami is not legit. So yeah, I, I think it's going to get a little weird. I,
1: I would tell any college athlete who's really getting real NIL money. You need to, and a lot of them have agents, lawyer up. Uh, but you need to make sure you have a lawyer and you have to make sure you have a good tax accountant, but uh, we'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, Powercat Ryan asks, uh, Chris Klein has two eight, one seasons. Who was the last coach not named Bill Snyder to have 8-1 season? I pulled up the uh, K-State football Wikipedia page um, because I didn't know.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know the history like that.
1: And I thought it was going to be Poppy Waldorf because he actually won the Big Six conference. Um, it wasn't. He went 7-2-1. and one. Um, So Bo McMillan had an 8-2 season in 1931. So that was the last 8-1 season. That is uh, absurd. I know it. It, it truly is wild, um, but I do want to give a shout out to Mike Ahern Back in 1910, he led the K-State Wildcats to a 10 and one record. What's funny about that is Mike Ahern, who was the K-State uh, football coach from 1905 to 1910. So back in the olden days of college football, he was only only a head coach for six seasons he still has infinitely more 10-win seasons than Iowa State. So Micah Hearn, you know, the, the, the historic K-State, uh, you know, he was the athletic director. He was the men's basketball coach, the football coach, the baseball coach. Oh, wow. He has a 10-win season, but Iowa State doesn't. Also, again, this is wild. And, again, I, I'm all for, like, tearing down a Hearn Fieldhouse. I know that makes all the old people mad. And that makes my friend Will Dubois, who is elite at all of our uh, graphics. I love Will. Will's the best. You're wearing a Taylor Bratt bringer of Cats tank top. He designed that shirt. He designed all of our merch. I love Will. He absolutely hates that I say this, um, but I tear it down. But we need to do something for Micah Hearn because he won the conference in football twice, basketball once, and baseball twice.
0: What in the world? That is that – is, he probably built half the, the facilities at K-State too.
1: L- listen to this. He won the baseball conference in 1907, 1908. He won the football conference in 1909 and 1910, and then he won the basketball conference in 1910. This dude was just out here – this dude's just out here collecting conference championship rings. Like He he's was like also Jordan. the
0: janitor at K-State. Yeah, too. He, he was sweeping floors in between – yeah,
1: and then he, and then he was the athletics director from 1920 to 1947. So he saw us through, uh, you know, World War II. He was winning conference championships, during, like, you know, in between World Great War I. Depression. And, yeah, and then he, <laughs> he takes us through the Great Depression and World War II. So Micah Hearn, he probably needs, like, another statue or something over, you know, at, you know, near the
0: stadiums after we demolish the
1: Hearn House.
0: he needs something and it needs to be like made out of aluminum or something. (laughs) It's something that can be placed around every facility because he had a hand in all of it.
1: Yeah, he really does. And again, I, I don't think K-State does a very good job of telling its history. Um, And that, that might have to become like one of my pet projects after our Herm field house is demolished uh, something (laughs) to, to honor him. But you know, when that turns to rubble, they put up like a new like communications building in its spot. Uh, we probably need to do something.
0: Uh, they tear down history of a just to get a Twitter post by Scott. <laughs> oh man, dude,
1: the, the day it happens. And, and I promise everyone listening, who's like wanting to pull their hair out guys, it's happening. I promise you that once indoor track has their new, you're laughing, but once indoor track is out of there, they're going to demolish a Hearn field house. Like, just get over it like now have a little composure when they announce it and don't like spaz out like they just took your parking spot it's happening so i'm sorry Uh, the the railroader asked do you think facility upgrades will slow down now that donors may be spending money on nil instead um this is what i'm gonna say to this i don't i mean the only major project there's still, you know, roughly sixty-five million dollars worth of renovations they want to do to Bramlage, and then there's like some smaller stuff, like a new uh, field house practice facility for soccer. I think they want to do something for tennis as well. There's some small ones, but after they finish up Bramlage, which they've knocked out some of those already, there isn't a major facility thing that they need to do. So I think it's just slowing down because they've achieved or they're, they're close to achieving the Gene Taylor, uh, athletic facility plan. So,
0: yeah. And I think, and like you said, they, they, they've got all it all that almost done And K states out ahead of this. Um, if you look at some of the place places in the big 12, um, their facilities were updated either in the early 2000, early 2000s and haven't been touched recently. K state is kind of, um, culminating all their stuff recently and it's already a top-notch facility so you get that out of the way and now you can I don't like we talked about in the NIL I don't know how much that affects it um currently I don't know how much money is being spent from donors like that I think these collectives are a big part of it um so I think the facility is getting knocked out early and Shout out to John. I think John Curry had a little bit to do with that, too. Um, He had a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, he was the master builder of of, of that facility upgrade. Gene brought in a lot of money, like you said. Um, We were ahead of it. And I think maybe if the NIL goes the way that it's going right now, it'll help that we've got it out of the way now.
1: KSU Railroader also asks, if Deuce gets a trip to New York, can K-State drum up enough NIL money to keep him one more year? This is my take on Deuce Vaughn when it comes to NIL. Um, you, you see him doing like, you know, the small Manhattan commercials. I don't think he's going to be driven by NIL if he's going to go to the N, because I don't think he's going to transfer. I, I think he had his chances. I think he maybe even listened to a few schools. Um, I don't know that for a fact. You, you just hear some things but he said, no, he wants to stay at State. I don't think he's going to transfer. I think it ultimately is going to come down to his dad who has been in the NFL. He's been a scout in the NFL for the last 10 years is going to tell him, Hey, son, you're going to be a fourth round draft pick this year, no matter what, and you can't improve it. Uh, it's your choice. Um, and then they take out an insurance policy in case he gets hurt. Um, yeah. I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to is it, if he thinks uh, he wants to start his NFL career or if he wants to come back because I don't think there's anything that he can do. Honestly, I, I, I don't, I, I think there's very little he can do this year. That's going to drastically improve his quote unquote NFL stock uh, from this off season to next off season. I think there's nothing he could do in his his true senior year that would then like take him from being a, fourth or fifth round traffic to a first round traffic. I just don't think that's right. going to happen.
0: Right. I think he's limited by his size. Unfortunately for the game that he plays and the position that he plays, the shelf life for a running back is shortened. So for him, his legacy at Kansas state, like in this hypothetical situation, he makes it to Manhattan for a Heisman ceremony or whatever. His legacy at K-State has been established there's nothing that he can do for his personal legacy in NIL that he, if he's in Manhattan, in Manhattan, um, New York for a Heisman ceremony, and he leaves and he's a fourth round draft pick, he's going to make money more money than I think he would make his senior season at K state for a running back position for just one more year. His legacy has been established. Uh, Unfortunately, I think he will go after this year, and he won't transfer. That's, I don't think that's a possibility. He's already here. He's already going through his junior season. I think he's well-established at K-State, and I don't think a program – moving up a program to what the SEC is going to get his draft stock any higher. Like yeah, you
1: and, and I'm going to say this. Even if he were to leave after this year, and if, say he doesn't even get drafted at all, like and K-State fans will melt down. You have to realize for running backs in the NFL, they have never been worth less. Yeah. And if, if he is trying to maximize his NFL career, and here's the other thing folks don't talk about with when it comes to the NFL. If you're on an active roster in four seasons, you then get the lifetime worth of benefits when it comes yeah. to pension, lifetime healthcare, all this stuff from the NFL. So especially for a running back starting that clock, So you can hopefully be at on an active roster for four seasons. Uh, that's what sets you up for life. You know, one season, one year, one play can be the difference of having healthcare and a pension for life. And then, you know, having to, you know, be a high school football coach to support yourself after three years in the NFL, which there's nothing wrong with being a high school football coach. I'm just, I'm just saying that there is a lot of small, tiny little things. I think some college football fans don't realize, uh, And they need to start the clock. It's similar to Byron Pringle, you know, totally different situation. He was just an old, he was an old wide receiver. He wanted to get, get his NFL career started. So he could hopefully hit that mark and he turned it. He's, he's turned himself into, you know, a a contributor, a guy who has made millions of dollars who now is going to have the life and worth of NFL benefits. If Deuce Vaughn goes pro doesn't get drafted, is an unrestricted free agent, makes an NFL roster. K-State fans, I hope, will have enough maturity to realize that that was still a great decision for him to try to set himself up for his life after football.
0: So. And I think, I think that's what exa- – I'm going to bring up two things. I think he's taking the, the road if, if he goes. If, it's similar to Darren Sproles in the fact that Darren Sproles didn't contribute as much as Deuce Vaughn did his freshman year. So his touches, he's already gotten the film that Deuce was, I mean, that Darren Sproles was getting at the end of his sophomore year. So he's got the film out there already and he wants to start that clock. And it's similar to the Alex Barnes situation. Alex Barnes wanted to get his name because his shelf life was running low at Kansas State. Whether he could have contributed his senior year and raised his draft stock, it, it might have. But he wanted to get his name get out there, get onto a practice squad, and get his clock going and make a roster. And unfortunately, I don't think it panned out for him, but you have to take that chance because a college running back is like that. And your, your time is even shorter if you hurt yourself.
1: Yeah. And, and on the Alex Barnes thing, and I know some folks still try to bring this up. He he would not have had a better shot of making an NFL roster if he would have taken 200 hits in his right. senior season. So uh, if it happens, if that's what Deuce decides to do, I, I hope K-State fans handle it with a little bit of maturity. Uh, k Railroader, we got one more from him and two final ones from Powercat Ryan. Does K-State have to win the Big 12 for Deuce to get a trip to New York for the Heisman? Um, I think they probably have to be in the Big 12 championship game, and then he probably has to, uh, increase, you know, his stats, um, a little bit. I don't think if he went carbon copy, uh, last year to this year I don't think he uh gets there if we're in the Big 12 championship now if we're in the Big 12 championship game and we go 11 and 1 and we're on like the peripheral of the college football playoff maybe but if it's like 10 and 2 and you lose to Baylor in the Big 12 championship uh, and it's a carbon copy of last year's stats I think he's getting Heisman votes
0: but I don't think he makes it to New York I think and for me, wins and losses for are more um, for Heisman is more of a quarterback stat, in my opinion. Running backs, if you're putting up banana numbers and you show out in big games, not necessarily not necessarily the whole season, you have to win every game. Because I think if you're putting up banana numbers at running back, they don't attribute a loss to you. So I think for a Heisman vote. If he's putting up banana numbers in the Big 12 and he shows out in a game versus Oklahoma and he shows out in a crazy game versus Texas and we're not a losing team, but we're a winning team, like you said, a 10 and two or a nine and three team, I think he can get enough votes to make it there. Will he win? You have As a running back, you have to be in the SEC or you have to put up video game numbers to get it because quarterbacks dominate that.
1: That's that in that award. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with he. I don't think there's anything he can do to win it, um, but he needs he needs big numbers. And I th- and I do think we have to be good because, I mean, look, look at last year. I mean, Kenny Pickett like Pittsburgh. Didn't they win the ACC last year? Were, I mean, yeah. yep. and then the year before Devonte Smith Clemson or Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama. Last year was Alabama, Michigan, Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow, Hurts, Justin Fields, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Stanford, Louisville. Like you have to, and I understand what you're saying. It's not a uh, win stat for the running back, but if you look at who gets invited to New York, you're not seeing anyone from an eight and four team or a team that finished fifth in their
0: league. No, but it's all about storylines, in my opinion. The ESPN sponsors the Heisman Trophy. ESPN is going to put their athletes, their the people that they make money off, their eyeballs getting seen. So the SEC, uh, a lot of the Big Ten schools, and you have to have video game numbers where they're con- they're showing your games. So if ESPN is showing an Oklahoma game, and that game is getting dominated by Deuce Vaughn, they're going to remember that and they're going to show that highlight over and over and over again. That's how you get to, um, that's how you get to Manhattan. Aiden Hutchinson didn't put up nowhere near the stats. The guy from Alabama did, he was like the defensive player of the year and almost swept every category for defense. But Aiden Hutchinson had a huge game versus Ohio state and he was in the playoff because ESPN was showing it. They want their, they want to be able to say, we have a Heisman finalist playing in this playoff game. So they're going to bring eight
1: yeah No, no, I hear you. We close out with two questions from Powercat Ryan. He asks, do you think the offense or defense is more reliable? And what does the lesser side of the ball need to do to match it? So I'll be interested in what you have to say. I think defense is more reliable uh, for the simple fact that, while I think Adrian Martinez could be the real deal, he still has never taken a snap for K-State. Mm. And while you have kind of had to fill in behind some old contributors, you still have two future NFL draft picks on your boundary corners. You have a future first round draft pick who's playing on the edge. And then you have Daniel green coming back for like his 18th season playing, uh, you know, linebacker. So I, I think you have less uncertainty in your big time spots. And again, this is Klanderman's second year in this new defense and his third year overall being the defensive coordinator. This is Colin Klein's first time ever calling plays.
0: Yeah, and and reliable is the key word in that. So reliability, will Colin Klein be able to put consistent in and out games together? Because you saw Messingham, if we had any down moments coming out of the second half, we were absolute garbage. And we let him know, Then that was not reliable enough. And I think that's the key word. So it's clearly defense. I think we showed the improvement throughout the season with this system last year. And I think, like you said, Adrian Martinez getting his first touch in the Big 12, coming off of a shoulder surgery, which I think he's gone through. He said he's gone through that before. But we have to see it. And we went to bat versus him for him versus Nebraska fans shitting on trying to shit on him. And I think he's got a lot to prove. But if he proves it, it could easily be the other way.
1: All right. And then the final one of the May Q&A, it's on that topic. Now that Nebraska fans rid themselves of the player they blame for their 2021 issues, how much better will they be without him? Then he asked, now that KSU added the same player, how much worse would they have gone without him? This is what I'm going to say on the Nebraska thing. You may agree or disagree with me. Um, I I think that there's some validity to their record being a lot of bad luck. Now, were they a bowl team even without some of the bad luck? No, Uh, but they they had like an even point differential. It was like a zero point differential after winning just one Big Ten game. Um, That's wild. I think that they could get to five, six wins, and it's just like, okay, you know, things just change. Like, I don't think their quarterback's going to be any better. I I truly believe that. Um, I I think that they they try to blame Adrian Martinez, but they're just too stupid to look and see how bad that their offensive line was and how much pressure they were putting on Adrian Martinez to be that guy every single play. Like he, he's not, you know, Michael Bishop. He's not Colin Klein. He is not, you know, even Eric Crouch. He's not like an elite level game changing Heisman contender quarterback. Who can have all that pressure and make every single play without fail? But that's what they asked him to do the last four years. Um, yeah. So they might have a better record, but it has nothing to do with getting rid of Adrian Martinez. Now, for us, I think I think the difference between Adrian Martinez and Will Howard is maybe three or four wins. Like, yeah. and maybe Will figures it out one day. Maybe it would have been this year if if he was given the keys. But I just – props to the kid for not transferring because I'm shocked he didn't transfer, which is good for him. I, none of the quarterbacks transferred, which is surprising to me. So shout out to those guys in the quarterback room. But I I have no confidence that we would be a bowl team if Will Howard was going to be our quarterback this year. And I think we have an outside shot at Arlington. I think we could be the you know between number two and number four in the Big 12 this year with Adrian Martinez.
0: Yeah. Nebraska, the big, if you ask any Big Ten fan here, they they were not confident that Nebraska was going to be able to get anything done in clutch time. Was that a problem for Adrian Martinez? They put the ball in his hand every single play and ask him to do something with it. So you're going to have, Highlight real plays. You're going to have him be the all-time leading yardage score. Well, I don't know if he's the all-time leading score, but all-time uh, total offensive guy in Nebraska history. You're going to have that, but you're also going to have miscues because he's not superhuman. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to if you give him the ball every single time, the percentages will play out. He wasn't a below fifty guy. He wasn't. He wasn't fumbling every single play but he did have turnovers because he held the ball a lot. They didn't run the ball. They'd asked him to do it. So you're going to, you're going to see tough, tough fumbles. So I think Nebraska will, like you said, maybe they gain a win because a lot of their wins were, cl- I mean, their, a lot of their losses were close, but so was their wins. So they could have had a lot of, lot of losses too. A lot more losses. Um, as for K-State without Adrian Martinez, I don't know what direction they would have turned because I am almost 100% certain they would not they would not have gone into this season with Will Howard being the starting quarterback. I don't think he's ready to have the reins. He is a solid backup. Will he he knows the offense. He'll get us through games. Will he win us games? No. And so like you said, maybe 3 or 4 losses, that's a big big number because we're already what what what's the over under? I know you love these things. Six, six and a half. It's up to six. So and a half. I could see that we're being in the cellar. Three wins over under with Will Howard as our starting quarterback. So yeah, it, it
1: would not be pretty.
0: No, it would it would be terrible, and Deuce would be relied on so heavily that it would. I mean, hell, we we tried to get to him, to him in the Wildcat. Yeah, in Texas, and and. T- it's so weird because will Howard had a, a 70 yard run in that game, and they still like, no, give it a deuce on fourth and one. It doesn't matter. Give the ball to deuce and that that is it's scary to even fathom that that would been our offense for the whole season.
1: yeah and and I will throw out this last thing about Nebraska last year. One of the if you if you subscribe to PFF and if you're a pro football focused type person, one of the all-time worst offensive lines in the history of power five football last year. And he is definitely not going to have that. So those are all of our questions. Um, Chef, I will let you get the final word because I want you to be able to get back to your beautiful family in this long holiday weekend. So final word out to all the boneheads and all the question askers and K state fans everywhere.
0: Uh, It's, it's been an honor for sure. I appreciate you letting me get on here and do this thing and, Uh, communicate with our with the fans that i'm gladly to be a part of um i hope everybody has a a great memorial day weekend listen to this download it share it with your friends tell everybody Um, and it's it's we're glad to have people like you scott that's doing the the service of the people and shout out my boy tim i know you're listening to this love you shout out to tim
1: Uh, So, Boneheads, we love you guys. We'll be going live on June 1st, uh, and then we will have a special show with Chuck Lilly on the 6th, a surprise show on the 8th, and I'm working on something on the 13th. We love you guys unconditionally. Thank you to all the U.S. servicemen who made the ultimate sacrifice. You are the reason why we are celebrating on this Monday. We love you guys, and I promise you, no matter what is going on, Grant is at the cat head. You just got to go find him. State
0: Wildcats for Alma Mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a Wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for Alma Mater fight, 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 fight. In the combat for the purple and the white, faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting,
1: ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go state! One, two, ba da
0: Network.